The Boise Dev Podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is a free platform for podcasts like this one. It allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. You can even add in songs from Spotify to help spice up those episodes. Anchor will make sure that your podcast is distributed pretty much everywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with an ad like this. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You are listening to the Boise Dev Podcast. Steve Fravator with Tupelo Honey. Thanks for joining us. It's my pleasure. So, you know, you're, I think you're the first person we've had on the Boise Dev Podcast that isn't from Boise. So tell me where you're from and, and how you got to where you are now. Uh, I think we should be tagged your sister city. Uh, I'm from Asheville, North Carolina, and the similarities are many. Um, a nice, beautiful, walkable downtown, uh, the mountains, town in the valley, good four seasons, um, really nice people. And you have such an emerging, uh, you know, beer scene and craft cocktail scene. So uh, it's just a lot of similarities between the two. So what got you into the restaurant business? <laughs> How long do you got? <laughs> <laughs> no, I started... Um, I've been in business for 33 years. I spent about 16 years in corporate America and became an entrepreneur. Me too. Exactly 16 years. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did it kind of from there. I, I actually had a small stint building yachts um, and was bought out. Uh, and then I got into outdoor power equipment and went through all the hurricanes of South Florida, where we lived at the time. And my wife and I said, we got to get back to the Mid-Atlantic, either to North Carolina or Tennessee or Virginia. And uh, we sold our business and went to Asheville, not really knowing what to do. And uh, I wanted to do something. And it's an economy where tourism is very, very important and and a nice kind of chunk of the economy. And that's really B&Bs and restaurant touring. So I found this one little restaurant. I fell in love with it. And I said, I'm going to get in the restaurant business. And of course, everybody said, you're crazy. What do you know about it? And I said, not much. So did you buy the first Tublo Honey concept, Tublo Honey Cafe at the time? Yes. Bought that concept and now you're... Yeah, it was a, it was a little store in downtown Asheville, uh, 70 seats, doing about a million four out of that 70 seats. But it had a unique reputation. It had something that I've identified as like fierce tribal loyalty. And some brands get that, some earn it, and some will maybe never earn it. If you think of the ones that have it, you know, Starbucks, um, you think of the ones that might never get it. Well, it might be some of those folks that have gone out of business or going out of business where the brand is just too old or not relevant anymore. So, uh, the business wasn't for sale, but I just saw it and I felt a connection and uh, a couple phone calls were made. I bought that store and within three years, I think we had quadrupled the business. Wow. Out of the same 70 seats. Out of the same 70 seats. And it really came down to just having that, I call it the, the heart of service, which is compassion towards 
the desires of the people walking in the door to spend their after-tax money with you. And what do they want? What do they expect? Well, we're all experts at this. Right. Because we all dine out. We all go to a restaurant or a bar or a movie theater. You know what is good service. You know what is good food. And you know when you are connecting with a place. So, um, you know, it's kind of how it all happened. So you, you took that store, you grew it, you've tweaked the concept, you grew to multiple units. Yes. You dropped the cafe from the name and went a little more upscale. Is that right? That's correct. And so we're kind of fast forwarding through a lot of time, but I want to get to the, I want to get to Boise. Right. So about a year ago, uh, I was in a, a redevelopment agency meeting and they're like, we've got this great new concept and it's a James Beard chef and we can't say what it is yet. And it's going to be in the old Piper's pub space. Right. And everybody went, oh, I wonder what that's going to be. And I spent like four hours trying to figure out what it was from the little clues and it was unsuccessful. But you opened this store here in Boise. Why Boise? Why now and why 8th Street? Yeah. Well, you know, first a nod to Piper. I think they were in business, what, 30 years? Yeah, a long time. Any restaurant in business for 30 years did something right. Yeah. Uh, so kudos to them. You know, <clears throat> we've kind of refined our strategy. You know, I'd like to tell you that we just sit around the table and these beautiful, wonderful, you know, brainstorms come to us. But when we first started expanding... You know, I used to work in the restaurant every Saturday night, every, you know, three or four nights a week. And I went about teaching the restaurant management and traditional restaurant tours, the, the, the business of running the business. They taught me the business of preparing, holding, serving food, cooking food, everything else. So it was a very symbiotic relationship, worked out um, <clears throat> really, really well. So when we first started the idea of expanding, it was really driven off my experience every Saturday night on the host stand. And people would leave us poetry. They would hug me before leaving. They would want pictures. They would, I mean, it was just an amazing kind of fanaticism uh, around the brand. And uh, so I said, well, you know, I'm getting up there a little bit. I'm 58. I don't want to drive more than a couple hours in a car. So the natural inclination was, well, we'll go to Knoxville, we'll go to Greenville, and we'll give this thing a whirl. Kind of and see, yeah, see what happens. And the first couple stores took off. It was an amazing thing, a real blessing. Um, and, and then, you know, we started thinking a little bit more about why or or how we would expand the brand and not be considered just a regional concept. And, and I actually had the belief that the farther we got out of the Southeast, the stronger the reception to the unique riff that we do on Southern food would be accepted. Um, so that kind of, you know, we went as far north as Arlington, Virginia. We went down to Georgia, not that far from North Carolina. Then over to Denver and Frisco, Texas. And the reception to our ability to add to the cuisine of a street like 8th Street, we could see that in these new cities, especially out here in the Midwest. So back to your question, why Boise? Um, we identified, I think, a couple of years ago that, that there's a natural flow from the coasts, from Chicago and, and New Jersey, New York, into the interior of the country. Folks are looking for better cost of living, lower taxes, quality of life. 
so many of the millennials can work from anywhere, so connected. Um, so we actually started targeting everything from Idaho, Wyoming, Colorado over. Um, and So kind of that Rocky Mountain yeah, region. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And this last trip, what brought Boise about, because I've been to Boise six or seven times in the last two years, bringing this to fruition. That trip, you know, we got on, I got on my Harley, my real estate guy, he got in his car. <laughs> and we went from North Carolina all the way up through a number of states, went to Memphis and uh, Kansas City and St. Louis and Iowa and came over through the Dakotas um, to Idaho and, uh, and then back down through Yellow State. And out of that trip, we found three cities out here that we could open in, and, and Boise is the very first one. And Boise has everything that we look for. Um, what is that? First off, we like urban stores, which means you have to have a vibrant downtown. And not only a vibrant downtown, but just in my own lingo, I'll call it a cool downtown. Yeah. <laughs> where, where, you know, it's walkable, it's clean, it's safe. You have a nice mix of eclectic old buildings that, thank God, were never torn down. But you, know, you can see all the progress. Right. You see the cranes in the sky. Um, <clears throat> and then the other thing that was key is there's got to be a gathering spot. And what I mean by that is... If you're in downtown Boise, my belief is that eventually you're going to make your way to Grove Plaza and you're going to make your way to 8th Street because there's a vibrant culinary scene there and all around 8th Street. So once we got here, parked the Harley, we get on the scooters, you know, <laughs> we're running around and it's and checking out town and uh, I wanted to be on 8th Street. Now, along with that comes everything you would expect. The car counts, the walk counts, the three-mile rings, the five-mile rings, the collection of All the commercial data. real estate data that you could ever want. All right? the yeah. really professional <laughs> stuff that you have to have, but I've never not personally scouted a location. Then we got a team of people that will come in and scrape every menu on 8th Street, and we try to make sure that we know that our pricing is proper for the city and our offering is proper for the city and there's a gap and a need that we can fill um, and be additive to the cuisine scene. So uh, I was sharing with another person, when I come to town, I literally you know, come for about a week and just visit the restaurants every hour on the hour. And I do head counts and I see who's sitting at the bar, who's sitting in the restaurants, what are they ordering, what are they eating? Uh, what does that look like at 11 a.m., 12, 1, 2, 3, 4, all the way up until, you know, close? Is there a late night business? You know, brunch, one of the things that's funny, I don't, you know, this is just an observation. It's why we open at 10 on Saturday and Sunday. The town on Saturday, Sunday sleeps in a little bit. A little bit, yeah. You know, you don't see a lot of foot traffic. Downtown. I've never been to brunch before 10 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, uh, you've got a great, food and beverage scene, um, a really strong workforce, been amazed at the talent 
um, and you're business friendly. Um, everything came together for us in a, in a good way. So you talk about filling a need on 8th Street and you have uh, uh, probably heading towards 20 different establishments from Ruth's Chris, the very high end, and then Fork, and then all the way down to Pie Hole, right? Late night pizza mm-hmm. slice. You have this really interesting, unique, eclectic mix. Obviously, your cuisine is different, being rooted in Southern fare, but what do you think that you bring to that ecosystem downtown? Obviously, they're your competitors, but there's also kind of a collegiality among everybody that's in the industry down there, too. What do you think you add to that? Oh, very much so. I, I would say, you know, you're not in the restaurant business if you don't recognize that it is collegiate and that we're all in this together. And, you know, Fort can't be Tupelo and Tupelo can't be Matador. Everybody is their own thing and they're battling really against their own four walls more than they're battling against each other. Because, you know, uh, and what I think that we can bring to that party is one, I think we have to be a good corporate citizen. And that's very important to our company because it's part of our culture. So you will see us reaching out and reaching in in Boise in a big way, especially after we get through about our first 90 days. It's very important to us. It's even part of our benefit programs. We pay our staff to go out a certain number of years and, and volunteer, or hours, right? Hours, yeah. And, yeah. yeah, years. Come back <laughs> yeah. after that sabbatical. Um, <laughs> But we, we, we will pay them to go out and volunteer in the community. And we really, we usually try to focus in on hunger and kids. And, you know, I know we're doing a little something already out of the gate with um, seven cares and, and uh, you know, the Idaho food. Cause bank. close but, to my heart. Yeah, I helped yeah. start that original seven. Yeah. yeah. And that's just a very small thing. But we got to get hands on involved. Um, we even have a disaster relief team. So when, uh, you know, hurricane hit Houston, we're sending out 18 wheeler full of food. When it hits North Carolina, when it hits North Carolina, um, we're sending truckload of food, but we're also sending people and we tie in with world kitchen, mm-hmm. Jose Andres. We always, where are you? What do you need? How can we help? So we'll get our disaster relief team when we go and we make, I mean, I personally, I went with one crew, we made 5,000 sandwiches in one day and then went out and delivered them onto the uh, Outer Banks of North Carolina. So I think number one is you gotta be a good corporate citizen. Number two, you've gotta be a great employer because in the restaurant business, and we've learned this over time, is, if we can't keep happy, motivated people that have a heart for service, and they could have chosen any business, but they chose to be in service. And serving people a need, food, beverage, take a load off and experience with friends, that's a noble cause in my mind. Um, so great pay, great benefits, um, and always looking to improve that. Once you get those two things right, um, you can deliver a consistency in your brand and your approach that people can come to rely on. And I think that's very important. So I think what we will bring to, to the street is number one, a great neighbor. Um, number two, I think we will encourage not only as we 
began or begun this journey in, in Boise, but encourage um, pay and benefits to increase and opportunities to increase. This is great industry and young people can go really far, really fast. And it is a professional industry. So I think we can be, my hope would be that we can be an influencer in terms of, you know, helping people understand it's a professional industry with a very bright future. And even if you're just passing through, we want to teach you some principles and some values around excellence and have a heart and compassion for service. Because again, people coming in spending their hard earned after tax money in our restaurant blows me away. And I'm grateful to every single person that comes in and I want them to have this tremendous experience. On the food side, yeah, we're gonna bring you responsibly sourced, which a lot of people say that. We put it on the walls, we put it on the menu. We know exactly where our food's coming from. We were farmers at one point. Um, and we're gonna value that food up with our hands and bring it to you in a unique flavor-driven, chef-driven cuisine that you can enjoy if you're vegan, if you're vegetarian, from four to 94. And what I really love about our concept is you can have a multitude of experiences with us. You just had a couple. So I love Indian food. I, I might've told you the story. Um, and my family doesn't really care for Indian food. So I get it, what, twice a year? Right, right. Yeah. Ah, it's dad's, it's Father's Day. We're going to eat Indian food, you know? And the kids sit there like, oh, yeah. happy Father's Day. Yeah. Um, but with us, you can come in um, for a business lunch. You can come I did in, that this week. Yeah, you can come in on your day off, have a 75-cent martini if you want, um, or have a beautiful lunch combo for 12 bucks. Um, at the same time, Friday night, date night, uh, or with your spouse, significant other, what have you. And then on Sunday, maybe family reunion or a bunch of friends get together for brunch. Mm-hmm. And brunch is a sport at Tupelo Honey. So, yeah, we're ready. We're ready for you and as many as you want to bring in. So... A lot of questions for you and, and, and for people listening, um, you know, Steve and I actually chatted for, gosh, probably 20 minutes on Sunday. So, so some of this, uh, I know where to go because I know, I know what you're passionate about. I covered the local business scene here pretty closely and I do a lot on food and I do stories on the, you know, the bakery with three employees that's opening a second branch and I do stories on, boy, are we going to get an in and out someday? And, and so I, I listen to the feedback and... 8th Street has a lot of locals. Not entirely, but a lot of locals. Mm -hmm. You have how many units now? 15. 15. So when I I said, I think I used the C word, I said chain the other day. You said, I don't really think of it as a chain. Tell me what your approach as an operator of multiple restaurants is different in an environment where local is so important to people. Well, uh, and that's a great question. And I, I was thinking like we're decidedly unchained, and and fortunately the press has never approached us as a chain, uh, and neither does the consumer. Um, and I think that that has a lot to do with the fierce tribal loyalty and the years. You know, we're 18 years in business in downtown Asheville, which is heavily tourist-driven uh, market. So you've got a lot of people that have come from the West Coast to Asheville. Well, when I first posted the story, a bunch of people were aware of you. And I was like, oh, yeah. well, I had never heard of this. So I, I, you have some brand recognition that's wider than a 15 units yeah. chain. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think the other thing that, that we've learned is we're not trying – 
you know, our, our restaurant is completely staffed with uh, locals, number one. Number two, we just have to teach them our culture and our value system. And it's very easy to do here because it aligns so closely with, with Boise. Um, uh, so number one is we're not trying to take... Boise, the Boise out of Boise, and we're not trying to make this store Asheville's store. This is Boise's own store. And that's why no two Tupelo honeys are exactly the same. You're going to get that brand halo because, you know, some of our sayings, you know, matter than a wet hen or thank y'all, come again, gather around the table's good for you and things that we feel good about from our mountain home. Uh, but this store is uniquely Boise's. Um, whether it's down to the wallpaper or or uh, the, where we're sourcing our Idaho trout from, or I saw a huckleberry the, cocktail on the menu, which is yeah. very regional. Yeah, yeah. So you know we're going to bring what we bring because we bring it in a very unique way, and we offer that multitude of experiences, um, and we know that it works because it works in Denver, and it works in Arlington, and it works in Georgia. So. Come into Boise, we have to make a commitment to our employees. We have to deliver the highest quality food and service that we can for our price point. Um, and then we have to keep it, you know, in Asheville, we would say, keep it Asheville weird. Um, <laughs> and here we have to keep it Boise's to blow honey. Yeah. And that means being involved in the community, finding new vendors that we can take other places. We're going to hopefully distribute Payette into Denver. We're hopefully going to, we talked to Glacier 45 people about that the other day. Um, so we'll find great products from here and actually help those businesses grow and cross pollinate them to other stores that we have. And we're getting more out this way. So tell me about, you know, we did the, the initial or one of the stories um, uh, I was talking to your, your PR person, Sophie, who's in the room. So if you hear another voice, another <laughs> laugh, I thought I would acknowledge that because people might be like, what's up with that? Um, but she, she was talking about how you do 75 cent martinis. Yes. And I was, I remember walking through thinking, well, I'm going to make this different than the initial story. And that was the hook. And everybody, of course, had a joke or what's behind a 75 cent martini from noon to four? What drives that? And what's your thought behind that? Why not? <laughs> no, no, you know, it, it's it, I, one of the things that's really important in the restaurant business and is to have a very vibrant lunch business. And we have a great food specials as well during lunch, like our, like our uh, combo. Uh, so, you, you know, we're not all about, you know, come in and drink. We want you to drink responsibly and all that happy stuff. But, you know, we have great food value too. But we want to make a statement. Uh, and that's a statement item, just like our fried chicken or our own brunch, or our own brunch mantra that we have as a company internally. Um, and we think it makes a value statement. We think it makes a uh, statement about seriously asking for your business. And if you're a restaurateur and you can drive business, particularly Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, rolling into the weekend, then you're going to have a successful store, successful business where you can pay your employees really well and increase your benefits consistently and just continue to raise the bar and raise the bar. But if where restaurants are typically slow, 
uh, Tuesday lunch, mm-hmm. uh, Wednesday night after 7 p.m. or after 8, really. But, you know, if you can lift those wings up a little bit, you're not so de- dependent on the weekend when every restaurant tends to get their pound of flesh. And if you think about staffing that professionally with people that know the menu and can produce the food with the highest quality and caliber, you can't just have them all work Thursday to Sunday when every other restaurant would like to have them working for them as well. So we found that bringing people in and getting them to try the business lunch at Tupelo Honey, whether you drink, eat, don't drink, it's relevant. But to do that um, helps us to convert them into regulars and helps us to keep our weekday businesses as vibrant as possible. And that's part of the key to the whole restaurant being successful. So restaurants in, in the Boise area often start hot. Um, mm-hmm. And you guys have obviously invested some resources into into marketing and some other pieces there. After you get past that 90 day, that six month, that first year, what keeps you going in the long run? Does the patio help? Does the season, yeah. does the menu change? How do you keep it as a long-term player beyond what I'm sure will be and is yeah. an initial rush? You know, I, again, I'm gonna go back and tell you the key is retention of your people. Um, you and the folks here, our job is to make sure that you understand because we fulfilled that commitment that we're as good in the second year as we are in the first two weeks when we have all these extra trainers and people getting us through it. Uh, and the key to that is, you know, the heart of service. The key to that is the consistency. There's there's levers that I, that we can pull at headquarters by, you know, not changing the menu where we have really really strong items and only approaching those dog items, not bringing in single use ingredients into the restaurant, which creates waste. Oh, we have certain levers we can pull. But the true lever to longevity in the restaurant business is the quality of the management team, the retention of the employees, and reinforcing and driving the culture that you're committed to and that you're passionate about to every individual in that store so that the standard is the standard and it's the way that we do things. And people begin to understand that I always use the analogy because the seatbelt, that tells you how old I am, the seatbelt law came into effect and like the first time you you had to keep buckling up your seatbelt was the most awkward thing on the planet. <laughs> now think about it. You don't even think about it. Right. You just get in the yeah. car and put on the seatbelt. Well, that's the same when you make our food. That's the same when you have you know, a great server. But again, it comes back to passion to serve people and realize that they are there for an experience with their hard-earned money. I always say, think not that you take care of your mother. Think that you're taking care of yourself. How would you want to treat yourself and your friends sitting right there in front of you. This ain't rocket science. You know, this is this is human to human contact. So what are the highlights in the menu for people? We've kind of alluded to it being Southern food and there's been some media coverage out there, but what do you think that those, I know your fried chicken is kind of your big thing. You talked about your lunch special. What are those like, those deep favorites that you think people might overlook on the first visit? Uh, well, you've, 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 you've got to have the shrimp and grits. <laughs> You have to, and you have to shoe mercy that. You're going to get chorizo and tomato. You're going to see what shoe mercy is. So what, what is shoe that? Shoe mercy is. <laughs> that's what grandma said when it was, I guess that would be the equivalent of um, supersize it and slap your mouth that's so good. Um, 
so that Shoe Mercy uh, Shrimp and Grits is, is really off the hook. Um, our sweet potato pancakes, again, something we're very famous for. Obviously, our bone-in fried chicken. Um, that chicken has a real story behind it. And, you know, a year with myself and another chef where we did nothing but cook chicken in all different types, types of equipment all different types of temperature, all different types of oil, all different types of spice palettes and and everything else until we came up with what we thought was just can't miss. Right. Um, and I think we're proven vindicated somewhat from the standpoint it went from zero to hero on our menu because we used to only do a boneless breast. So the bone-in fried chicken went from zero to hero and outsells everything in the store. Wow. So that means it's very well received. Um, our, our chicken and biscuits, um, goodness gracious, there's so many. Our bourbon, pepper, uh, corn, uh, meatloaf. Uh, just, I love them all. What's next for you? You've got 15 stores open. Yeah. What do you hope to do now? Yeah, well, you know, keep going. Um I don't, we don't have, and I don't have a magical, mystical number in my head or, gee, if I had 42 restaurants, that makes me the Southern Restaurant King. I don't have any of those aspirations. I think that the the greatest joy that I get right now, and and I've been able to watch it for a decade as the company's gone from me and 48 employees to over 1,300 employees is, you know, one is the joy of serving others food and and beverage sustenance. Um, The second is really watching the young people grow and the opportunities grow for them as our business grows. And, and, you know, it's one, one young guy that's here with us today, his name's Alex. He's a trainer, he's a bar trainer here. He joined us in 2014 as a server in our South Asheville restaurant. By 2016, he was uh, went to our Mothership restaurant, the really powerful restaurant. He became a bartender. He's going to school at AB Tech, which we give tuition reimbursement as one of our benefits um, in IT. And because of the growth of our company, um, he just got a job in our IT department. Hmm. So here's a guy that you know has moved through. He's out here training others, and now he's moving into his chosen profession. And I think, you know, I've I've seen servers become GMs and GMs become regionals. And folks that joined us as like an HR manager, she's now our chief of staff in the whole company, and that gives me great joy. Um, and I think again, I would encourage people to look at this if you enjoy restaurant touring and it's a it's a strange breed that does i'm just kidding um if you get bit by that bug it's a wonderful profession where you can make a very good living and uh it can be a highly professional environment with the right company okay so two blow honey main and marketplace when are you open we're open right now yeah <laughs> uh, we're open uh, for lunch and dinner uh, seven nights a week or seven days a week and then we're open for brunch lunch and dinner on Saturday Sunday great opening at 10 we close when it's time to close <laughs> when you're ready to kick <laughs> when we're empty <laughs> Steve with Tupelo Honey thanks for joining us it's been my pleasure